The Productive Woman, Episode 196. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, I am excited to share with you my conversation with wife, mom, singer, minister, blogger, and recent retiree, Vicki Judd. You'll find more information about Vicki, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 196. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of my favorite productivity tools. Text Expander helps you communicate smarter. It allows you to create snippets out of things you send repeatedly. Uh, anything you write and send often, such as directions or mailing addresses, meeting agendas, website URLs, common sales responses for business or support replies, reference requests, even names you find difficult to spell. Anything you type repeatedly can be turned into a snippet, which is basically just a short little abbreviation that when you type it, the, the abbreviation, it expands into the longer text. And I mean, it can be anything from a phone number to several paragraphs of formatted text. It's very easy to create snippets, and then you can summon them in any app on Mac, iPad, iPhone, and Windows-based computers using a quick search or by typing that snippet. You can share your snippets with your team if if you want to use them in business and keep them up together because it's a web-based service now. Uh, you can share them and keep you can update them, and then everybody's using the same text, which is really nice for um, coordinating how you communicate certain things. That's the power and the magic of snippets. And just one example of what you can do to communicate smarter with Text Expander. They have a great blog where they share all kinds of tips and techniques for making good use of Text Expander's powerful features. For instance, a, a recent blog post described a technique for automatically converting spellings between British and American English, which I thought was interesting. It would be very helpful if you're working with the team in both countries so that your um, your text would be consistent no matter who was typing it. And like I said, because it's a web-based service, you can use it not only on Mac and iOS devices, which is how it was when I first started using it, but now, uh, you know, for the last year or two, it's been also available on Windows-based PCs. And the snippets you create sync across all your devices, so they're always available to help you communicate more effectively and more efficiently, saving you time and, you know, brain damage of because you don't have to rethink the wheel. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast for 20% off your first year of Text Expander. And be sure to choose the productive woman from their How Did You Hear About Us drop-down list so they know that I sent you. I could not recommend this tool more highly. If you spend time at a computer and you type things and you do anything you type more than a couple times, you're going to save... Uh, tons of time by creating a snippet and using text expander. So again, visit textexpander.com slash podcast 
and choose the productive woman from their How Did You Hear About Us drop-down list, and you will get 20% off your first year. Let me know what you think. And now let's get right into my conversation with Vicki Judd. I am really excited to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Vicki Judd. Vicki is a gifted musician, an ordained minister, a wife, a mom, and a grandmother. I have known her for many years, and I've admired the way she's managed her roles and built a life that matters. So I've really been looking forward to talking with her today about how she's done all that. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So I'm excited to have you. I uh, really am serious that I've been looking forward to talking with you about that because I think you have a lot of interesting things to to share and some interesting perspectives. But before we go too far into it, a lot of my listeners won't know too much about you. So in, in addition to what I've kind of said as a brief introduction, maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever you think would be interesting for us to know. All right. Well, I'm uh, a small town girl, uh, born and raised in rural Lewis County in Washington State, Um, lived most of my life in the same town, Um, married my high school choir director. That's an interesting little side note. Uh, We've been married for 44 years and have four children, four grown children who are all married and have kids. We have 10 grandkids ages eight months to 11. I have been a, a choral accompanist. I've been a piano teacher and voice teacher. I was um, a staff pastor at our local church here for 22 years. And we moved away for just a few years. And so I had to quit that job and have been um, just doing a lot of different things since then. So uh, my life is sort of just, um, I just kind of go with whatever doors open to me. And that's just the way the life has played out for me. And that's, you know, that's a great way to live, to not have necessarily a big master plan in mind, but to, to, to do the next thing. Yeah. Well, I've found that when I make a master plan, it doesn't usually go exactly like I plan anyway. So, (laughs) uh, you know, you have general things, you know, that um, one of the things that I've developed in the last few years uh, after doing some reading is, is a kind of a rule of life. Um, Not so much specifically what you're going to do in your life, but how you're going to live your life. Mm. And, and so that's, uh, that's the principle I think that guides my life is, is to be, my rule of life is to be with others in such a way that they know I've been with Jesus. So walking with Jesus is an important part of my life. Well, and sure, and that's, you know, obviously you you worked at a church. You and I met, actually, kind of backing up a little bit, because I was one of your husband's students. And um, because you, like I, married young, you weren't that much older than me. And you, when we first met, it was because I had gone to him and I'd asked if he could recommend a voice teacher because I wanted to learn to sing better. And uh, he sent me to you. And and from from there, we became friends. And I guess, you know, it's relevant to the conversation we're having uh, for listeners to know that we have been friends for a very long time. You were 
a, a bridesmaid in my wedding and um, right. sang at the wedding and and all that that sort of thing. So we've we've and you've been for me a model of um, how to be a mom. And so maybe oh. you know we can talk a little bit about that as we go along because you were uh, have always been a few years ahead of me in that journey of being a mom. And so we'll we'll maybe get into that because your answers to some of the standard questions that I ask my guests might be a little different because you're at a different stage of life. And so we might talk a little bit about your answers now versus what they might have been in years past when you had a house full of kids. So, right. <laughs> so thinking about that, well, you know, this is a podcast about productivity. And on this show, we talk about productivity, both in the sense of getting things done, but also in the broader sense of, of uh, making a life that matters. And so when we talk about productivity, when we talk about tools and tips and all that sort of thing, it's in both of those contexts. And uh, to to hear from you some of the things that you've done in order to accomplish the things you wanted to do with your life, I think it's helpful to have a little bit of context for that and the mm-hmm. kind of life you live now. So maybe let's start with where you are today. If there's such a thing as a typical day, what might that look like for you? Well, my husband uh, retired from teaching music after 45 years a year ago, um, this June. And in in that last year, we've been living in our 36-foot travel trailer. So it's a little different than it has been in the past, and we've had to make some adjustments. But what we found is a typical day, we just wake up when we wake up, unless we have some big pressing thing early in the day, and that's usually between 6 and 7. And... I start the coffee and my the first priority of my day is to to have a few minutes of quiet to just quiet my spirit and my heart and prepare for the day whatever it holds. So I usually spend oh an hour or so reading um, reading some scripture, doing some journaling. Sometimes I write, sometimes I read articles or books, but just spend that first hour of the day just whenever it happens, usually between 6 and 7 um, just just reflecting on the day and kind of preparing my heart and mind for whatever would come. And so some days it's uh, busy from morning to night. This past weekend, my niece got married. And so I was helping my sister by rolling out pie dough. In fact, my biceps are sore today (laughs) because I rolled pie dough for hours yesterday getting ready for her wedding reception. And, you know, but then there are some days that um, it's just very quiet around here and I'm reading or taking a walk, um, try to do a little exercise every day of some sort. And so that's every day is a little bit different and I don't have I don't have big pressing things most days, so it's been a bit of an adjustment, honestly. Well, sure. Adjustments in lots of different ways, and Mike and I have enjoyed kind of watching the journey you guys are on, and it's, you know, got him thinking about getting a travel trailer. (laughs) We're we're not quite ready to retire yet, but maybe a little bit of traveling. Um, How? Let's talk about the adjustment from... 
in in just where your household is because you've you know you've always had a home uh, a house to live in and often that house was full of of kids and grandkids and you know various people at different stages of your life now you're living in a travel trailer and it's a very nice travel trailer but how right. how is that different for you well, I'll tell you what, I've discovered that I don't need as many things as I thought I needed. We put our things in storage a year ago, the 1st of May, thinking that we would move. We still are, own our home here in Chehalis and thinking that we would move back in in a few months after we just spent the summer um, just traveling and doing some fun things. But the longer we were in the trailer, we were like, we're not going to be in the house very much. We're going to travel so let we have renters and so anyway the we've got all this stuff in a 20 by 10 foot storage unit and some of our furniture is at our kids house my piano's at our kids house but except for maybe missing the piano I don't miss any of the stuff mm. in my house I don't miss any of it the only thing I think there are two things that I would want to keep my piano and all of our photos and videos, home videos and stuff. The rest of it, I don't care if I ever see it again. Mm. And so it's been this kind of forced simplicity that I maybe never would have chosen. But now that I'm doing it, it's going to be hard to go back the other way because eventually we will move back into our home. But right now I'm enjoying the freedom that comes from just having less stuff to deal with. I mean, I can clean the trailer in 20 minutes and I'm done. And so it's it's been really freeing to not have to deal with all the stuff. Isn't that interesting? You know, and it's something we've talked about on the show even kind of recently about the idea of decluttering and simplifying and it it sounds appealing, but it also sounds difficult to and it is difficult for a lot of us to think of giving up the stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I've I've often said, and my husband rolls his eyes and kind of agrees that it's true of me that everything has sentimental value to me. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so how do you decide what to give up? And uh, nevertheless, it's something I've been doing myself over the past year or so, little by little, going through cupboards in my closet and the kitchen and everywhere, getting rid of things, donating them, throwing things away, not because we're about to retire and, you know, move into a travel trailer, but for the very thing that you just mentioned, the idea of, of the freedom, mm -hmm. if we wanted to go do something else, to not have to, you know, when we th we have thought about, we're still thinking about possibly moving to Europe for a few years. And as you think about something like that, or like what you guys are doing, you realize, okay, it's a many months long job just to figure out what to do with all this stuff we've accumulated over all these years. Exactly. And a couple things come to mind. It, it isn't just the freedom from having, um, from having a lot of stuff. It's when you have a lot of things um, even when you open a cupboard or your closet, I think that takes up emotional energy. Mm -hmm. um, just dealing with all that stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. And the other thing is that kind of propelled me and maybe others into um, 
kind of a forced simplicity is dealing with my parents' stuff. Mm -hmm. My parents lived in the same house for 50 years. My dad died at 94 and had still lived there. And um, I mean, we're still, he's been gone four years. We're still dealing with his stuff and nobody seems to want it. And what do we do with it? We we're still, it's still in the storage room because none of us can get rid of it emotionally. You know, it's mm. just, um, it's one of those things that I don't want to do that to my kids. I don't want them to have to spend months and years dealing with stuff that they shouldn't really have to. It's my responsibility. It's not theirs. And uh, so I, I want to, as the years go by, to get less and less stuff for them to have to deal with, because eventually we're all going to die. Nobody gets out alive. And so just just the thought of freeing them, too, from all of our stuff that they don't want. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because that what you've just described is very much in line with some of the things that Courtney Carver writes about in her book, Soulful Simplicity, which I talked about in a, a fairly recent episode, a book that's really been impactful for me. But that very, that very idea that um, the stuff is not, you know, we equate memories with certain things, but you can keep the memories without keeping the stuff. Right. And when we moved uh, six years ago from our home that we'd lived in for 26 years, one of the things that I did is I took pictures of some of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, kids' art projects and um, just these things that I knew I did not want just taking up room in our in our new home that we were moving to. And um, I just took pictures of them and, and maybe wrote a little about them and just kind of celebrated that moment and then move on. And that's that's the hardest thing for most of us, I think, is that just letting go and moving on, um, but still retaining the the sweetness of the memories. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very, very much in line with the things Courtney has to say in that book and and as a result of her journey toward simplicity. Mm-hmm. So... You're, hey, we, we've kind of gone down a side trail, but I think it's a valuable one. It's it's great to hear that perspective from somebody who's actually done something like this and who's thinking about these things. I know your life was very different back in the years while you had children at home. You have, as you've said, four kids. Um, right. How did you, and, and we'll come back to kind of how you're doing this now, but you... you from my perspective, as someone who knew you then, uh, I felt like you accomplished a lot of pretty amazing things in those years. You, you know, raised kids. You really are, you and David are built, have, have built a dynasty in a way, um, you know, a, a wonderful kids. So you raised these kids in a great way. You had influence on lots of other people, both through church and through, uh, you know, I, as I said, came to know both of you through being in the choir at the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you've accompanied choirs for him. You've done different things. You've sung in different um, different productions and things. How did you do all that? What, what did you think about, like, guiding principles for managing your days and the various opportunities that you had while you were raising your kids? I think think it comes down to priorities. And for us, uh, you know, a lot of people say their family comes first. But for us, 
I think we really did keep that as a priority. And so everything else focused out from that center of home and um, keeping our kids on task. It was important for us to have time every day to read to them and pray with them. Um, A lot of times that happened at bedtime, but they were also very busy. They were involved in sports. They all took music lessons. And um, I don't know that I could describe a certain system. I always kept a master calendar for our family. We always tried to check in and know what everybody was doing on any given day, but there were times when it all came crashing down, honestly, <laughs> and there was just, there were too many of them and not enough of us, you know, and um, I did have the privilege, you know, the joy and the of having my parents in town, and so I did have a resource there that I know a lot of people don't have um, when it came to picking kids up from school or taking them to sports practice, um, because my life, I... I taught piano lessons after school, and so um, a lot of times there was that time between when school ended and when my kids needed to be at sports that we had to really do some serious juggling. And um, but I think you know keeping a master calendar for your family and just keeping the communication open um, and knowing that it's not going to be perfect, that things are going to fall through the cracks, and you have to learn what really matters and what doesn't matter so much and don't let it derail you and stress you out. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done for for a lot of us. (laughs) Well, you have to remember that I'm looking back on it and sometimes nostalgia colors things differently. Um, You know, I, I look back on it and I'm like, I don't, think it was that big a deal. It wasn't that hard. But if you'd asked me in the moment, I probably would have had a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that isn't that true? You know, being um, at this stage of life that I'm at, where all but one of my kids are gone, and two of them have kids of their own, the other, a, a third one is he and his wife are due to have a baby any day now. Hopefully, they're going to wait till I get there uh, later this week. <laughs> So, but, you know, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, you know, we had all those years with when I was home full time with them and we had five kids and we were homeschooling and we had, like you said, lessons for some of the kids and different activities. And, and, um, I have this sort of vague memory of it being kind of crazy sometimes. Right. But, it's pretty vague, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's mom brain yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I, I look back with the nostalgia you were talking about. I'm thinking that was pretty great to be, yep. to be that tired at the end of every day because, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're having to get up in the night and either take care of a baby or tell kids to get back to bed. Or, exactly. You know, I, I kind of miss those days. I know. But, you know, I think the perspective I have now uh, when my kids ask, Mom, how did you do, you know, whatever? How did you survive no sleep and all of that is that, over the course of your life, you see, uh, for me anyway, I see how how God has been just faithful to me and that things somehow kind of work out. Yeah. And that in the middle of it, it feels like I will never survive this. This is too much for any person to do. Um, and yet you do it. You know, you get through it and you do it. And on the other side is this really beautiful thing, 
you know, that you can look back and really just remember the good parts. You don't remember the exhaustion and the tears and the stress and the frustration. You just remember what's good. Yeah. And for me, one of the the most wonderful things about that is it seems like when I talk to my kids, they mostly only remember the good stuff. Exactly. They don't remember the ways I failed them. Um, Or that I feel like I failed them or where I didn't handle things as well as I could. And and so I'm very grateful for that because I I feel like as a mom, I made a ton of mistakes. Oh, Uh, don't we all? (laughs) Yeah. And when I talk to my kids you know, their, their memories are the goofy fun things like the time we all, you know, we came home from evening church and, and had company coming over, but we were really hungry and we didn't have any clean dishes. So we all ate cereal for dinner out of like mixing bowls and pots and pans (laughs) and stuff. That's a time when I, you know, at the time I thought I am such a lousy mother. (laughs) I don't have any clean, you know, cereal bowls to feed my kids cereal for dinner. And yet they remember that as being a really fun night. So yay. Yay. Mom win. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. The, the, the looking back, you you get a little grace from your kids even over the years. So getting back to the idea of productivity, both in the sense of getting the things done that you need and want to do, and in the the broader sense of making a life that matters, I think every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as that goes, as, as far as staying productive, getting the things done that matter to them. What would you say are now or have been, whichever you choose, your biggest challenges when it comes to to managing your time, managing the commitments you've made? I am not a high-capacity person. I have friends that can get more done in one day than I can do in a month. I mean, they're just the kind of people whose brains work that way and whose bodies work that way. And and the thing that I've learned about myself over the years is that I'm not one of those people. And to learn to be okay with that. And um, part of my personality is there's a little bit of perfectionism. And with perfectionism comes um, another P word, procrastination, because mm-hmm. if you can't do it perfectly, you just kind of put it off until you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, for me, that was one of the things that was a, a hindrance to productivity for me is, is the idea of if I can't do it perfectly, I don't even want to start or I don't want to try or I'll put it off until I absolutely have to do it. And also just that I'm not a fast mover. I think things through. I probably spend too much time thinking and planning and not enough time doing. And so that's when things like, you know, like having a daily planner and making a daily scheduling and at least sketching out an idea of what I want my day to look like and when I'm going to start certain projects. um, That was helpful to me, but still it tripped me up at times. Um, Just that idea that I just could not get started. And so you you mentioned using a daily planner. Is that something you even need to do now? I do. Uh, and I, it's an interesting planner that I discovered a few years ago. It's called the Sacred Ordinary Days 
liturgical day planner. And so it's a kind of a combination day planner. It has a space for daily schedule. And also it incorporates the liturgical year um, and the revised common lectionary daily readings and celebrating um, holy days like Advent and Christmas and Easter and Pentecost and all of those church days. And what I think it does for me, even at this stage where I'm not busy in the sense that I have a job and that I'm doing something productive, quote, every day, it gives me a rhythm for life and um, helps just track my whole life, not just in terms of what I do Mm. um, as far as a job, but who I am in this world and in relation to millions of other people in the world who look look at life in the same way, who are reading the same scriptures or celebrating the same holidays. And, um, and so I love it, even though, you know, oftentimes my daily schedule is pretty simple. It does give me places where I do have projects that I have to do. One of the cool things about it is it has a uh, a priority list, and you write in what your project is for the day, your cue for when you're going to get that done. So, for instance, for this podcast, I had a cue, you know, of a certain time or um, uh, an internet address or some information. That was my cue, and then a space for rest and reward. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of um, that stumps a lot of people in in productivity and not so much that they don't get things done is that they don't give themselves the opportunity to rest at the end and to give themselves a little reward, whether it's a cup of coffee or tea or a diet Coke or, or taking a walk or closing your eyes for five minutes. Um, because I think we're truly more productive if we give our space, ourselves space and margin to rest. Yeah. I I think that's so true and I love uh, what you're describing about this planner because I think that is a piece that is missing from a lot of systems and I'm kind of using air quotes there but uh, approaches to productivity and for time management and all those things that there isn't that reminder to build in some time to rest uh, to to build in some time to sort of pat yourself on the back and give yourself a reward or some incentive for doing whatever the things are that you do we especially those of us I think in America we are so good at um, evaluating ourselves on, on the basis of how much we do and we don't give right. our, we don't give ourselves time to just be and and uh, yeah so so any yeah. any reminder to do that sort of thing and i think I, I i could be wrong here but in my my observation is that we women tend to be the worst offenders there we we don't absolutely yeah we don't give ourselves permission to rest we think that resting is somehow be that rest time is unproductive time. And yet I think, as you said, we, we can't be productive in any sense of the word if we run ourselves into the ground and don't take care of ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. One of the books that I read a few years ago that I found really 
helpful in that area is a book called Margin by Dr. Richard Swenson. Mm-hmm. And he talks about uh, how American, he, in his practice, he was a, a medical doctor, that he kept seeing people who were displaying all of these physical symptoms really were related to stress because they they ran their lives from morning till night without any white space or margin. And um, so that gave me permission, I think, to, to do what I always knew should happen. I knew that in order to live a whole life that there needed to be a rhythm of productivity, of work, and of rest. That's the way that we're made as human beings. And um, so I really appreciated his take on that. The other thing in this planner that I really love and I, I think has benefited me in a lot of ways is every week on Sunday, there's a day to reflect back on your week and then to reset for the next week. So you reflect on, I think it's seven areas, your your spirit, your body, your mind, your relationships, your home, your work, and your resources. Mm-hmm. And so you take time to look back over your week and how those things affected you emotionally, spiritually, how you handled things, maybe some failures and successes in those areas during your week, and then a chance to reset and um, and do some intention for the, the coming week. And I, I really have appreciated that. Um, and I don't think we spend, as human beings in America maybe especially, we don't spend enough time really reflecting even either on our day or on our week and then intentionally resetting if we want to do something different or better or not do something at all um, I think that that has been a really beneficial thing for me too it, it sounds great and it sounds like something that would benefit a lot of us and and you know it, it, the the planner itself as you've described it is is kind of faith-based and centered around your faith, which is an important part of your life. But I think regardless of what a person's faith is, we as human beings need those things. We need that time to reflect and we need that time, that permission to have the margin in our lives. Right. Right. One of the practices that I've tried to do is even a daily examine where before you go to sleep at night, you just kind of reflect back over your day. And I think all of us have had days where we wish we could have a do over, Mm -hmm. you know, that we haven't responded with kindness or grace to people that we should, or we've neglected some important area of our life. And, and that daily examine, I think gives you an opportunity to look at those things. And then, then, do something with them, set them aside, um, pray about them, or forgive yourself or someone else so that you can start afresh the next day. And um, I think that's a really important part of productivity as well, because the, all of those things, they they take up space in your brain, and they prevent you from doing the things that you really want to do. Regret, um, you know, just frustration with yourself or with other people and to be able to to really honestly look at those things and say okay that happened if if those kind of situations present themselves again this is this is how i intend to respond yeah. or this is what i would love to do in the future and and deal with them then put them in a place and then then go on from your from that place 
and let go of them so that you're not carrying them into the next day. Exactly. Um, There was another book that I read a few years ago called Getting Things Done. You may have referred to that uh, in a previous podcast, but that's one of the things that they do that, that everything needs mental space. It needs like a, a shelf or a category. And if there are all these things just kind of running around in your head, then that prevents you from really getting the things done that you need to do or really want to do. Yeah. And so to, to examine those things, deal with them, you know, um, either plan to do them at a certain time or let them go. Um, those things really do help us be more productive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has just been so, so helpful to me. I mean, I, I'm sort of mentally taking notes here as we're talking. I, I want to, before we wrap up, I do want to talk about something. One of the things that kind of gave me the nudge to invite you to come and talk with me on the show is that you, you've been a blogger for quite a while, but you've recently kind of reset your blog uh, with a focus on something a little different than you've talked about before, or a, a, a kind of a, a different perspective, I guess, on some of the things you've talked about. I've always enjoyed your blog posts. They're very thoughtful and thought provoking. Um, now, if I'm understanding right, you're kind of uh, going to be sharing some of the thoughts from the perspective of a woman at your stage of life. Right. I, I think the whole retirement thing has been a difficult uh, mental shift for me. And my husband and I are not totally on the same page. I mean, he worked really hard for 45 years and he still does summertime work and he's just, he loves work and that's, it's great for him. I'm kind of in this stage where I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And I've found that, especially maybe for women, that when our kids are gone, when our job ends, there's this sense of like we don't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there is, of course, there's always um, sexism and there's been a lot of talk about uh, equality for women in the workplace and, and whatever. But as we age, I think it, it gets even more acute that we're not, you don't feel valued. And yet I feel at this stage of my life that I have, more knowledge and more experience and more to give maybe than I've ever had because I have time now to do things that I haven't had time to do. So that is the focus of the blog is the perspective of an older woman who is looking at possibly the next, you know, I'm 62. My dad lived to 94. I could, I could be on this planet another 30 years. What am I going to do with those productive years that I feel like God has given me. And so that's, that is kind of the focus of the blog, just in lots of different areas from, I'm, I'm hoping to even talk about silly things like whether I color my hair or not, <laughs> because it's socially, it's, you know, it's just one of those cultural things um, that, that we deal with here, you know, as an older woman. So yeah. 
Well, I'll be sure and share a link to your blog in the show notes for this episode because, uh, you know, I've read some of your recent posts and found myself nodding my head a lot and think and and uh, as I said, they're. Uh, your posts are very thoughtful, but very thought-provoking as well, and uh, something I really appreciate. And I think maybe some other folks would enjoy reading those as well. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Well, let me ask. I, 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 there's a question I ask every guest, just because I think we can all learn from each other in in the answers to this. And, I, and I'm I'm interested to hear your answer to this because of the stage of life you're at. Maybe maybe your answers are going to be different. Uh, and, and that is even though your, your life now is maybe the pace has slowed down some, uh, and you have systems and tools in place for managing your days and that sort of thing. Do you at this stage of your life ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny you should ask because yesterday was one of those days I volunteered to help my sister with the cooking for my niece's wedding. And the um, the menu was such that it became clear late in the afternoon that we were not going to get done what needed to be done. And um, at that moment, you know, I had a choice to make. Am I going to just freak out or shut down, which I have been known to do in the past, or am I going to come up with plan B? And, um, and I think that's one of the things that the Lord has given me, just maybe my personality is that I can take a look at things and say, okay, this is not working. What can we do now? And so we were making these little individual meat pies and we decided that was not going to happen. And so we made some great big nine by 13 (laughs) meat pie pans. And, you know, we just, you just have to, you have to stop in the middle of that and give yourself permission to think and say, okay, this isn't working. What, what can I do now? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think there's wisdom, you know, from friends, there's, there's an inner wisdom that we can have when we stop and and ask for help, you know, from, for me, it's from, from God, you know, for, for someone else, it might be something else. But um, I think that if we listen, that there is a, there's a way Mm -hmm. to, to deal with those things when things are totally falling apart. And, and the reality is that they're not ever really going to fall apart, we're going to survive somehow. And, and I think that's one thing that the perspective of living longer gives you is that, you know, it's, it's probably not going to kill you. <laughs> you know, you're going, you're going to make it, you know, there's tomorrow and three weeks from now, is this really going to matter? And that helps you keep perspective. Yeah, you know, that's so true. There, there That is, I think, an advantage of having been around the block a few times that even when things are going crazy, you can, if you remind yourself and let yourself do it, kind of take a step back and think, all right, I have felt this way before and I survived. (laughs) Yes. Nobody died. Everything, it all worked out somehow. And and if it didn't, people have forgotten now. So <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's going okay. to be okay. You're, you you felt this way before, and you came through it. You'll get through it this yep. time as well. 
Oh, I love that. Well, Vicki, what is on the horizon for you? You've got your blog that you're working on. Do you guys have any big uh, plans coming up for, for more cross-country trips or, or what's what's oh, coming up for ab- you? Absolutely. Um, we'll spend the summer here in the Pacific Northwest because the, honestly, there's no more beautiful place than right here with our mountains and ocean. And, and we'll do some camping, some family trips. Uh, my husband's going to, he paints houses in the summer. He has for many, many, many years. And so he'll do some paint projects and I'll spend lots of time with the grandkids. And um, in the fall, we're planning on taking a trip to the canyons, uh, Bryce, Zion, Grand Canyon, all of the Utah and uh, northern Arizona canyons. And then we'll probably head south again when the weather gets gloomy and rainy here in, in Washington. So, yeah, lots of lots of travel. That's what we're really hoping to do while we're still young enough and healthy enough to, to navigate the traffic and the, um, just the, the demands that travel bring but we we loved our trip this past winter and planning to do more of those kinds of trips how fun um if so if if someone who's listening wants to connect with you online or or learn more about what you're doing what's the best way for somebody to connect with you if they've got a question or they're certainly free to email me or um, find me on facebook um, just Vicki Judd. If you if you search Vicki Judd, you'll probably find me on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter. Um, I can maybe send you the the links. I'm sorry, I don't have them just right off the top of my head, but I can you can include them in your on your web page. Um, yeah, any of those resources, I'd be happy to interact. Great. And yeah, I'll definitely put all those links in the show notes so folks can do that. Um, Again, I am so appreciative of you for taking the time to talk with me. It's, um, it's, it's been fun to catch up a little bit. Uh, I have learned so much from you over the years. And of course, we've had lots of fun too. But um, before we wrap up, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in getting things done and making a life that matters? Uh, What would you say to that person? I would say to take the time to examine your life and decide not just what you want to do in terms of job or career or things that you want to do, but what do you want people to say about you at the end of your life? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? What kind of um, footprint maybe you want to leave in this world in the lives of your kids, your neighbors, your family, your friends? And base your decisions about productivity and how you live that out based on on what you want people to say about you at the end of your life. Wow. Great advice. Uh, something that I will be thinking about. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you. You are welcome. I am so thankful that my friend Vicki was willing to join me on the show 
and uh, thankful to her for taking the time to share her thoughts on how she has managed her life in the past, uh, how she's managing it now, the lessons she's learned during a life well-lived, and for her great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. Be sure to visit her blog, Autumn Gospel, at vickijudd.wordpress.com, and Vicky is spelled with an I, just V-I-C-K-I. So vickijudd.wordpress.com to see what she's writing about there. She offers some really wise ideas there. Uh, but what do you think? Do you have any questions for Vicki or for me? I would love to hear from you about this episode and the things Vicki and I talked about. You can, as always, share your questions or your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 196. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Facebook community, and we can talk about it there. If you want to share those thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I'd love to hear from you there. If you haven't already done so, please join me in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. This is a private group where we can meet up and interact more. It's any any woman who listens to the podcast is welcome to join us there. Uh, and it's a place where you can directly ask questions, share information, insights, and encouragement, uh, and basically talk about productivity and about making a life that matters. There are always interesting conversations going on there. The, the group is so encouraging and supportive of each other. And if you've got a question, there, there are women in the group who will have some some ideas that may help you. You can find the group on Facebook or just go to theproductivewoman.com slash group and click on the join button. Be sure to answer the questions so that I know you're, you know, that you're a real person and not, not, you know, just an Autobot Facebook troll. If you're a woman who listens to this podcast, I would love to connect with you in the Facebook group. And Once you get in there, watch for a post about the thank you giveaway that is underway as I'm recording this uh, for celebrating the milestones that the productive woman is hitting in July of 2018. So watch for that. Once again, if you spend any time at all writing on your computer or mobile device, be sure to check out our sponsor, Text Expander. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast and get 20% off your first year of this amazing service that I, I couldn't do without. Remember to choose the productive woman from their How Did You Hear About Us drop-down list so they know I sent you. And thank you so much to Text Expander for supporting the productive woman and helping me be more productive every single day. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me and with Vicki. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something in it that's helpful or encouraging to you. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.